From the Allen Media Worldwide Headquarters Studios, high atop two Turtle Creek, this is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings, everyone. It's your host, Ryan Trimble. Joined today by the dapper, the dashing, Sean P. Williams. Sean, good day, sir. Check, check, one, two, check, one, two. Do you have me? Am I Loud coming? And clear, Loud and clear, crystal clear on your new microphone, Sean. Yeah, crystal clear on my new blue snowball microphone. Hopefully um, the sound is coming through and hoping it is crystal clear, really, because Deborah Meek did yeoman's work and got us two microphones after we had just mentioned it as an idea. So, so exciting. Yes, there. it's, it's funny as hot as the mics are they're arctic themed one's a snowball one's a, got a know, yeti a yeti got a yeti also <laughs> so uh really fun uh packaging from the blue uh microphone studio uh company thank you blue thank um, you I'm, I'm excited to to hear how this sounds we're, we're checking this out for the first time we you know, right. we originally had our blue snowball microphone back in the day that mysteriously went away early pandemic. And so, you know, I, I but we've never had two recordings separately before. No, uh, early pandemic that when we were doing uh, uh, work from home pretty intensely, I did have the the little tiny the meteorite, I believe is what it was called, the small uh, about the size of a golf ball uh microphone which was fun but yeah, yeah. No and i tried a couple of things that never quite quite worked so it's good to <laughs> i remember go back sending you one didn't i <laughs> to go yes you did you had one sent to my house and so i guess the audio was that bad but it's good to go with what you know and we yes. know the snowball we know that yeah, we know this we know the snowball and it should be coming through crystal clear and tip of the cap to our uh most recent guest uh catrice hardy for her crystal clear sound uh that inspired us to make a change so it was a, a great a great motivator for sure to hear <laughs> hear how i mean she just i was listening in the car and it sounded like she was in the, the passenger seat with me as i was driving right. home so clean meanwhile i was like hello sean williams and welcome to deconstructing dallas <laughs> so yes we had some we had some challenges to overcome yes we had we had some challenges to overcome but we are back and we are going to keep fighting Sean episode yeah. two of season two right we're, we're episode on a roll. two of season six I mean, season Can six we're on it? a roll we're on a roll we are, yes one, one more and we've got a winning streak I think Sean so um stay tuned for that but we've got a great show today we do uh, we have a great show we're, we're coming off Dallas City Council elections um and so as at the time of this recording which Again, I think we talked about this internally. I don't think we put this on the record, but no no real surprises in the Dallas City Council elections. Congratulations to to our, our mayor um, and then congratulations to our other council members and all the incumbents won. And for the two new races, we only had one. So we only have one runoff. One one runoff in District 3 uh, up in my neck of the woods. Kathy Stewart was... Uh, with a big win, resounding win uh, in the District 10 race, Lake Highlands race. And uh, in three, uh, Zarin Gracie, uh, former uh, uh, Planning and Zoning Commissioner, ZOAC uh, member, uh, decided to throw his hat in the ring, and he is sitting in first place uh, heading into the runoff. So 
uh, Joe Tave in, in my home Joe. district. In your home district, so something about three and ten, Sean. I don't know what that uh, is. It's very interesting. Very interesting. But but here we are. So we will look for that runoff uh, and keep you updated after June tenth. Shout out to to people, two people we've known for a long time who have who are going off the council after serving eight years. Adam Magoo, who I met when I worked at the city, who came into the mayor's office after after I did, and then to Councilmember Casey Thomas, who he will definitely he will never let me forget, which is something that I, I'm really excited about. Is the first time that he ran for city council at his his speech that he did to announce I was the person that introdu- introduced him in his first council run, and so I've got to see you know. Casey Thomas for a long, long time, known him for 20 years. So really excited for both of them and excited to see what their next chapters are going to look like. That's right. Stay tuned for the next chapters and stay tuned for today's show, Sean. Yeah, stay tuned for our guests. This is really one of my truly good friends. And so, I, you know, it's always good to find a way to work people in that, you know, and care about into the show. And so we did get that done this week. We are going to be talking to the president and CEO, Jolie Robinson uh, from Housing Forward. And she's got a lot of great experience that I've known about for a long time, but I'm excited for more people to get to know about. Yeah, I I was thinking uh, about the first time I met Jolie. I think I took the then Walmart Public Affairs lead to go see her when she was the head of uh, community affairs for DPD. So, you know, went down to the police headquarters and crawled up to her office there and she sat down and, man, she blew us away with how much she knew. So uh, love the work that she does. And and it's a, she's got a fa- fascinating career arc. So we'll get into all of that uh, in today's interview. Well, Ryan, let's not waste any time. Let's go ahead and jump right into it right after this break. We're going to be speaking to Jolie Robinson. Um, but hold on for a second through this break. Deconstructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back, Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean, very, very excited to be joined today by your friend and mine, a longtime public servant, great advocate for this city. She, of course, Jolie Robinson, president and CEO of Housing Forward. Jolie, welcome to the show. Hey, friends. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. Um, such kind words, Ryan. I love that intro. I just need you to go before me in all spaces. Yes, yes. You can. Uh, we'll invoice you for for our services. Um, so you know, Sean and I obviously have known you for for some time, um, but uh, you know, m- maybe some of our audience, uh, our mothers, perhaps don't know you as well. So um, I know that you're on a Twitter hiatus, or so I'm informed by the Twitter. Uh, so for those of, uh, of us that uh, have only known you for since your Twitter hiatus, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Um, the Twitter hiatus is real. It's been going on for 
uh, probably three months now. It's been it's been nice. I, I, I kind of peeked I in. You. Well, yeah, it, it has to happen every so often. I peeked in probably a month ago. And I was like, all right, I can keep going with the hiatus. Um, hi. I mean, I, again, thank you all for the invite to be on and just chat a little bit more, not only about the work that I do, but kind of what led me here. Um, I started out in the private sector so many years ago. I look younger than I am, I feel like. So I'm, I'm taking that. Um, but I started working full time right out of high school um, in the private sector, and which led me to, to go to India for a month to do some training out there in my early 20s. Um, and then um, decided before and around the, the age of 30 to really make a pivot in my career and go into public service. I was a Dallas court appointed special advocate as a volunteer for several years, and it really um, kind of gave me a heart for um, serving communities. So that's when I wound up at the city of Dallas with the Dallas Police Department doing community engagement. And then that led to Habitat for Humanity here in Dallas. And now the role I'm in as president and CEO of Housing Forward, which was formerly Metro Dallas Homeless Alliance. Julie, I want to talk about that deliberate decision you made to leave the private sector um, before you moved to the public sector and then nonprofit world. You know, we had a chance to work together at DPD. So I wanted to see how your private sector experience has benefited your public and uh, nonprofit work. Yeah, that private sector experience has been um, really, really super helpful. I was there at a time, I guess, you know, right out of high school, really critical turning point in all of our lives, I guess, um, which made it even more impactful. I um, did a lot of data quality during that time. I really had a team that I was supervising around data quality, started kind of my supervisor role fairly early. Um, and then when I was at a company doing um, system support, just understanding what it means to do system upgrades. How do you do project management? That was during my time. I also got a project management certification to, to support my, I got an undergrad in communications and sociology and a, and a graduate degree in communications from Dallas Baptist University. So that additional project management certification during my time in the private sector has been critically important when it comes to like, breaking big complex issues down into bite-sized, achievable, attainable chunks. I think that uh, more than anything has been what has been super helpful for me um, and the skill that I've taken from the private sector, including that comms work, you know, continuing to support in the communications world um, and how do we communicate a message in a way that people can understand from the board room all the way to, you know, frontline staff. I think those are some critical experiences that I learned in the private sector that have helped me throughout my career. Yeah, I, I know Sean just mentioned your time when you both were at DPD together. Um, I, I kind of wanted to know what that experience was like. You were obviously a civilian working in the police department, but you were had a super supervisor role over some you know officers that were sworn to protect and serve. So what, what was that like? What was that dynamic like? Yeah, I um, my seven and a half years at the Dallas Police Department was um, such an amazing experience that I wasn't expecting. So when I decided to make that uh, career pivot, um, I did take a pay cut. I took a substantial pay cut, leaving leaving the private sector to go into kind of public service. Um, I wasn't expecting to land at the Dallas Police Department. Honestly, I had applied for a job on the city of Dallas website. 
when I got a call from the Dallas Police Department that they were looking for, um, you know, to hire someone in this position. And I went through the interview process. I'm also, you know, all about alignment of faith. Um, and so when, you know, I prayed about it and said, Lord, if this is what you would have for me and in this phase of my life, you know, it worked out. So I had to go through the full background check and process. Um, and that worked out and an opportunity to be at the Dallas Police Department. I think during such a critical time, you know, Sean and I, again, were there around the same time. And, you know, it's when we saw, you know, unfortunately, a, a time in our in our city's history where we had our, our officers that were shot downtown. Um, we had a number of, of really high profile national shootings, not only locally, but nationally of unarmed black men. Uh, we also saw, you know, what felt like an influx of black transgender women being um, being killed. And so so. You know, during that time, again, taking such complex, hairy, um, emotional, uh, emotionally charged situations and the opportunity that I had to be there just to support not only my very diverse team, but but really continue to support the community in which I grew up in was was really impactful, not only for me, but I'm, I'm just grateful for the opportunity that I had. Early, you know, obviously you are mission driven. I know, you know, mission driven, purpose driven as very important to you. And so I want to know where that comes from. What what really has pushed you along this trajectory that you you've been on? Yeah. So uh, not only my faith, which I which I talked about, has has really pushed me forward. But I have to give a huge kudos to my mother. Um, we were the kids. I was I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago about teen court. My brother and I were volunteers during during our high school years and in, in doing teen court. We were the family that adopted other families during Christmas and during Thanksgiving. Um, and she really impressed upon us that our our time on this earth should be about service to others. Um, growing up and going to church, we, we really had um, kind of a responsibility that we are in service to others and alongside others. And so that has really um, held me and kept me kind of aligned and, and focused on ensuring that I am mission aligned and that, you know, at the end of my time here on this earth, that I've done all I can to ensure um, that I am serving others and I'm improving uh, a community that I love so much. Jolie, I, I find your uh, your story arc, your career arc so fascinating with all the different, you know, uh, places you've been uh, and the systems you've worked in. What are, you know, what would you share with others about you know, some of the best lessons you've learned from each of the systems you've worked in? Oh, really great. I think, you know, the private sector taught me about the role that communication has um, in in supporting staff and ensuring that staff is kind of brought in under the tent of change. Uh, during the private sector, we went through a lot of change. And so that change management has been critically important. The lessons learned throughout that um, making it an environment and a culture that people want to come to work in was critically important. Something I learned in the private sector that I've taken throughout my career um, in the public service sector. I think I think a couple of nuggets that I've learned is that, you know, we work for community. We work for residents of our city. And so, you know, they have. um you know, they they require, again, that communication, that level of open communication, bringing them into the fold and under the tent of what's happening within their own city. And so really 
you know, I try to highlight even to this day, even though I'm not working at the city, but I try to highlight all the happenings across our city so that people are able to get plugged into the work um, that's happening and really become active to the level that they would like. And then in this nonprofit space, I've really learned and, and been able to work alongside people that have gotten into this work and have been in this work, leading with the same mission and heart that, that so many others do. Um, this homeless response system. And when I was at Habitat for Humanity, the housing system, the volunteers that provide so much of their time and their heart um, to the work and to further support people that are either experiencing homelessness or that are, you know, looking in the Habitat world or looking to get their, their own home for the first time. I mean, it really, it really pricks at your heart to see so many people doing amazing things. So even in those dark moments within within our world, not only our present, but our history, um, you know, I can look to all of the folks across those different spaces that have really led with their heart um, and are continuing to drive forward that service to others. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. We're sitting here visiting with our friend Jolie Robinson. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to jump into some of her state of homelessness. So you won't want to miss it. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Deconstructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We are here with one of my best good friends, Jolie Angel Robinson. She is the president and CEO of Housing Forward. Um, and we may even have Ryan three moms listening to this episode. I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking <laughs> we'll, we'll, we're going to be we're doing really well in the mom community. We're growing. I love it. Um, Jolie, I wanted to get you to tell our audience a little bit more about Housing Forward, formerly known as Metro Dallas Homeless Alliance, and and a little bit more about your work there, your team. Yeah. So, um, you know, Housing Forward has been around. Actually, last year we celebrated 20 years as a nonprofit organization. Um, And I can't say enough about we are uh, at about 35 full time employees. We cover Dallas and Collin County um, and we support the entire ecosystem, as we call it, of homeless service providers, um, really ensuring that we are creating and maintaining a system that works effectively for those that need it to work the most. Um, so that means our unhoused neighbors, our, our people experiencing homelessness, as you as you hear me talk about the language as well, language is extremely important for us in this space. And so earlier this year, every year we do uh, what is known as the point in time count. I know so many people probably that are listening um, have volunteered and participated in the annual point in time count or pit count as you hear us talk about sometimes. So thank you to all of you. And then we get an opportunity, which we just did to conduct kind of a state of homelessness address that provides a culmination of and an analysis of our point in time, our annual point in time count data. And I mean, this year we've done over the past couple of years, some really intense system transformation work. Um, That means that our organization not only has grown, but we've 
uh, been working alongside so many amazing people to ensure that we're looking at data, we're looking at our services being offered as a totality of a system. And so in this last uh, State of Homelessness Address, we were able to report out a reduction of overall homelessness across Dallas and Collin County. Uh, and it's been our lowest point in time count in five years with us seeing 4,244 people experiencing homelessness across Dallas and Collin County. We know that one person experiencing homelessness is one person too many. So we continue to work every day uh, to ensure that not only are we focused on when people fall into this system of homelessness, that we're moving them out quickly. That means connecting them to housing, connecting them to supportive services. But then we're even thinking about and going upstream to think about what could prevent individuals homelessness and, and then advocating for those things. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about the, the address. So what um, what was the most important message you sent people away with that day after yeah, that? Well, you know, what was there a call to action in your in your remarks? Yeah, we, we kind of have a, a same call to action, um, but it's about anyone out there. You have something that you can do to help us impact um, homelessness. You have something that you can do wherever you are whether that's volunteering at a shelter, volunteer, you know, and there's shelters that focus on youth homelessness, there's shelters that focus on individuals that are fleeing domestic violence, there's shelters for families and individuals, and there's so many different um, nonprofits that are serving in this space. And so our call to action is just that people continue to stay um, committed to the work of ending homelessness wherever they are, that there's something that you can do, whether that's donating and volunteering to any of those service providers and just advocating for you know, increased prevention so that we don't have more and more people falling into this space of homelessness. Um, we know that some targeted investments over the past couple of years, we had targeted investments in focusing on chronic homelessness, and we did see a significant decline. And when we think about chronic homelessness, that's when people are falling in and out of homelessness time after time, or maybe you're experiencing homelessness for a year or so. Um, and we know that it can be even harder to get people housed if they are experiencing homelessness for longer and longer stints. And so really our system continues to and lean in um, to have services provided to people experiencing chronic homelessness, but then the funding needed just to support individuals. Now, Julie, I know you have a personal connection to homelessness and housing insecurity. You talked a little bit about that with Sharon Grigsby from Dallas Morning News in, in an interview she did with you. And so I was wondering if you mind talking to us a little bit about that. Always appreciate the um, opportunity to talk about my very personal connection to the issue of homelessness and housing instability. And I'm going to take it even um, back one step further. So I, prior to joining Habitat for Humanity, got really passionate about affordable housing, deeply affordable housing. And one of those reasons is because in my private sector world, I had bought my first house. I was doing all of the amazing things, right? Check, check, check. Was getting a degree, um, bought a house, you know, focusing on, on raising a family. And um, when I decided to make a pivot into public service and the pay cut that I took, it was tough finding a home within the price range that I could afford. And so, you know, they say most people get get really involved and passionate about 
personally impact them. And so when I was looking, uh, you know, Sean and I've talked about this before. I was living my best Carrollton life um, out there with my first house. And when I wanted to get proximate to kind of the problem is what I talk about. I moved back into Dallas. Our family was originally in, in, da- in Dallas and I moved back in Dallas. But trying to find a house I could afford that was safe, that was secure, that was within, you know, a community that I felt like I could walk my dog in, in the evening was tough. And so I was I was irritated. I was mad about that. So it really got me fired up about focusing on on affordable housing and deeply affordable housing. I got connected to the Opportunity Dallas team and they were working on housing and affordable housing policy. So so that's kind of where I cut my teeth on that. The second kind of personal connection for me, which is when I got a call that they were looking for a new president and CEO here at Housing Forward, is my birth father had been unhoused for about 12, 13, um, even more, a few more years in Atlanta. Um, and he recently he recently passed away at the beginning of, I believe that was 2021. And it was tough. It was tough to... Um, you know, when he passed away, that was a tough experience. But my dad was always present. He would call me every month. You know, when we talk about the people experiencing homelessness, I talk about my personal connection because I want to make it real for people. I want them to understand the very real connection that many of us have to people experiencing homelessness or housing instability. Many of us, when we were children, were having to live with grandparents. We were probably living with family members. We were doubled up. And in the federal definition of homelessness, that means you were an unhoused individual. You would have been counted as unhoused. And so for me, it's important because I know what it feels like. Our unhoused neighbors are are people's people's brothers, dads, aunts, uncles, cousins. Um, And so for me, that very personal connection of having a, a father that had experienced homelessness for such a long time and and knowing how challenging it was to navigate a system, right, for him to get help. Um, it's why I kind of lead um, not only with my head, but with that heart. Yeah, that's incredible, incredible stuff. Thank you for sharing some of that in your past and um, kind of leads into where I wanted to ask you next. Now, you're in Dallas, you live here, you work here. What do you see as the future of our city and, um, you know, what are your thoughts on the future of our city? I, I am. Um, so my family and I, we moved to Dallas. I was a military brat. We left Fort Hood. We moved to the Dallas area when I was in about sixth grade. As I mentioned, I'm, I look younger than I am. So uh, sixth grade was a long, 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 long time ago for me. Um, and I just to see the growth of our city has been outstanding for me. To see um, all of the people coming into our city that are making the city of Dallas home. You know, I I grew up um, not only going to Fellowship Baptist Church, but then I I went to Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. And so to just still remain connected with people that I grew up with, I continue to see so many of my friends that I grew up with in a variety of different spaces that I'm in today. Um, Dallas to me is kind of known as the big little city, right? It's huge. But you really have so many amazing connections and friendships that um, really have have served me well throughout my career, throughout my time here in Dallas. Dallas is a place that if you want to get involved, there is a place for you. There is an issue for you to get involved in. If civic engagement is your thing, which I think everyone has a responsibility to be civically engaged, there are opportunities here waiting for you. Dallas really, really is a, a place of opportunity. 
Dallas also, you know, is still wrestling with, you know, as many of our friends call it a tale of two cities. So when it comes to economic development that we see in some parts of Dallas, ensuring that all areas of Dallas have some of the same economic opportunity and development. When we think about infrastructure throughout our city, understanding that infrastructure and equitable infrastructure throughout our city is still critically important and necessary. When we think about the space of public education or healthcare or, or public safety, there really is um, a path and an opportunity for anyone who would like to get involved. And I'm excited to see um, just the future of what of what I know Dallas is and can be, but also seeing all of the strides that we have made in our past and all of those things that we are still yet to get right. Well, I know after this time listening to you, for those people who aren't following you um, and, and, you know, I know you're on a Twitter hi hiatus, but I know people are going to want to find a way to connect with you. So where, where can our listeners find you? Yeah, I, although I'm on a Twitter hiatus, every blue moon I'll check in. So you can still find me there. That is at Jolie, J-O-L-I-A, Robin, R-O-B-I-N. You can still find me on Twitter. LinkedIn is probably where I'm still most active. So you can find me on LinkedIn. It is my full name, Jolie Angel Robinson. There's no E at the end of that, Jolie. Sometimes it tries to sneak in on people. Um, and then, you know, if you want to if you want to find out more about our point in time count or our state of homelessness address, we have all of that information up on our Housing Forward website. And you can find that at housingforwardntx.org. That NTX stands for North Texas. Um, so there's a, a variety of ways that you can find me or you can find the organization to hear more about the issue of homelessness. Julie, you know, we appreciate the time. You know, Ryan and I really appreciate you, your leadership, what you do for our city. Super proud of you and everything that you do and, and glad to call you a friend. So thank you for, for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Don't bring tears to my eyes, my man. Thank you, though, Sean. Thank you for inviting me, Ryan. It's been great to see you and chat with you. And Sean, good chatting with you as always. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We'll be right back right after this. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean, so great visiting with Joe Lee. I just I love hearing from her. She's so knowledgeable. Um, she's she's so friendly and uh really grateful we had the chance to get her on the show. Yeah, and, and we record these now virtually, so we get to do this through Zoom. So you get to see Joe Lee. And you know, I love Joe Lee because she's always has great energy, um, usually smiling, which is good, that makes me smile. And so you know, so glad that she was able to come on the show. Look forward to to chatting with her again. Also, Ryan, I want to go back to our, our segment off the top and give a shout out to my friend Brian Robinson, who was really helping out in Garland uh, and part of the group who was leading some ballot propositions for Garland ISD. All three of those ballot member uh, measures did uh, were approved by voters. And so congratulations to Brian, to the, the city and the Garland ISD. Important stuff, important stuff for sure. So um, one other note, Sean, on a, on a sad note, uh, we had another, um, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the 
tragic shootings over the weekend uh, in, in Allen, one of our one of our neighboring cities here in the Metroplex, and uh, um, really tragic. You know, um, you were at the uh, uh, DPD and then making her transition to Allen Media after the seven seven uh, police shootings. We both spent some time in El Paso after the Walmart shootings. Um, and sadly, here we are again. Um, you know, our, our colleagues are working on, you know, rebuilding Rob Elementary down in uh, Uvalde. So um, sadly, we've got another uh, tragic, uh, you know, shooting gun violence uh, here close to home. Yeah, I think the closer it gets, the, the more it gets to be on your mind, the more it gets to be. Um, part of your thought process, you know, we, it did happen here in Dallas when we had our officers who were ambushed and killed. Um, we had the opportunity, as you said, to go out to to El Paso and just, you know, the heaviness of the grief that was there, you know, for the people who who died at the Walmart there. And, you know, it really um, is something that you would never want to to revisit again. And yet, you know, we continue to see these stories that feels like they continue to get closer and closer to home. Um, we had too much of this happening in our state in Texas. And, you know, as you and I talked about, Ryan, we are solutions. We're in a solutions business, you know, and I don't think it does us any good to be able to put together just memorial services or, or things like that, make communications plans. Like there has to be more that can be done. What that is, not sure at the moment, but, you know, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't think about what that looks like. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, we don't want to get political or anything. Obviously we both work in politics and everybody has a lot of opinions, but, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, Sean, we got to have solutions to this because this is, um, this just gotta, we got to figure this out. So, um, you know, keep, please keep, uh, all those people in Allen in your, um, in your thoughts as you go through the day and, um, appreciate, uh, our listeners letting us have this moment to to reflect on that. Well, Ryan, let's, you know, let's keep talking. Um, you know, I appreciate you for um, having the opportunity, giving us the opportunity to talk about this. We talked about whether or not we were going to address this on the show. And uh, I, I am glad that we we both decided that that was something we wanted to talk about. So thank you also Absolutely. for being open about your feelings. Um, this is Deconstructing Dallas. Uh, we were so thankful to have Jolie Robinson on with us on today. Uh, please check Jolie out on social media. Please visit Housing Forward on their website um, and, and do the point in time count if you haven't done that. That is, is very vital work. And I know that everyone in that space really appreciates the volunteers who come out and take their time to do that. We want to thank all of our colleagues here at Allen Media for everything that they do. Thank you so much to Mary Woodleaf, Jennifer Pascal, Pascal who um, allow us to do this podcast under the Allen Media banner. Um, we've got a really exciting guest lined up. We've got Terrence Maiden um, from the shops at Redbird who's going to be updating us about that project. So we are looking forward to having him as episode three of season six. So stay tuned for that. Uh, you know, we are available on all of your podcasting platforms. So please refer this. It can't just be 
Ryan's mom, my mom, and Jolie's mom listening to this episode. We need everybody's mom. We need everybody's kids. This is family friendly. So please, please, please share this podcast with all of your friends, all your connections, all of your coworkers. This is Deconstructing Dallas. I am Sean Williams with Ryan Trimble. We'll be back here shortly. Adios. Adios.